Hello and welcome to the Scottish Clans. I'm Clint. Thank you for joining me. Before we get too far into talking about a really fascinating subject, the clans that switched sides between the 1715 and the 1745 Jacobite rebellions, I am going to give a shout out real quick to my sponsor, USA Kilts. They produce a mighty fine product. I have been really happy with, I have two kilts from them, very happy with the quality, very happy with the customer service. Um, just a good experience that I've had with them. They're free shipping in the U.S. But also, um, if you want to know more about wearing a kilt, um, but as well as other topics on Scottish culture and customs and history, go over and check them out on YouTube at USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions. Okay, the uh, let's get into one thing that I want to address Let's get into something I want to address first. I know that I have been mentioning in podcasts and episodes recently that I've got an online course ready to come out, and some of you are probably like, I hope somebody out there is like, what the heck, where is it? So I've just got to tell you guys that I'm in a very big, uh, very big, it's, a, it's a, a time of transition in my life. I've made a major career shift, and I've shifted from teaching into working for a software company work in, in, in sales. Um, I won't go into the, the different reasons why I decided to make that transition and went, choose that particular direction to go, but um, if any of you are in sales, you know that there's a ramp and that you need to build some deals and get that, get that up and going. And so we don't, don't worry, I'm not telling you a sob story. We are not about to starve to death. We've got savings, we've got some other assets we've got going on. However, until we develop the situation a little bit better financially, what I learned was the, teaching, the, the platform that I was going to publish the online course on, I thought that the lower tier option that I was on would allow me to do it for a very reasonable and doable price. However, the amount of video content, which basically the whole online course is geared around videos that I produced, um... As, you know, and I, I provided other readings to do, and you can really go into deep into it deep if you want to. But the the core of the course is around videos that I've created, walking you through different aspects of the origins of the Scottish clans. And with that much video content, you need to bump up tiers, and so it's about a five hundred dollar a year price or a or a monthly fee. Both of which were at that other tier up. We were. And, and like I said, this isn't a panic mode, and this isn't um, this isn't a, a wife who's freaked out and is like, no, there, no, you can't spend that money. And just my my wife is awesome, and we've made this decision together that to hold off from paying that five hundred dollars right right now. Um, and it's not we're not scrapping the project. I've invested way too much in this to scrap the project. Um, I feel very passionately about it. I think that there's great value in this course, and I will publish it, it, but it just might have got bumped to the right uh, month or so. So I just wanted to let you know about where I'm at with that. Um, just just going to have to put it on the shelf just for a very short time until we think, see things pick up a little bit. Um, anyway, and because you know that I don't do this for a living, this is not how I feed my family, and so the, I have to be careful about the amount of money I dump into it versus the amount of money it's bringing me back. So um, and now, if you do, if you are out there and you want to contribute to the cause, if you like, if you think that I'm producing things that are of value and, and you want to 
to pitch in on this effort, you can go to scottish-clans.com forward, uh, yeah, forward slash team. That'll take you to a link that you can you can make a contribution there. Now you're not making. I'm not asking for handouts for for my living right now. Like I said, we're not in panic mode. We have we're, we're, we've got food, we've got shelter. Kids are still involved in stuff. We just have to be careful, and and so we're gonna to bump that to the right. So um, moving forward, let's talk about the things that you pressed. You clicked on this episode for a reason. It's because you are interested in the Jacobite history. Guys, the Jacobite part of the Scottish history is um, one of the... It's it's such good material for storytelling. Such good material. And it, and other, other content creators like famous authors that you know about. Um, I'm trying to sidestep Diana Gabaldon's uh, name because I wasn't sure if I'd pronounce it correct, but hopefully I got close there. But anyway, she, you know, her her book series, and then that's been turned into a TV a, a cinematic production or a series there, Outlander. Uh, just really easy to use that for content because it's such a real, a fascinating, rich, historically rich time period, and there's so many dynamic things going on within that world of the Jacobite rebellions and these two thrones that are, you know, the Hanovers are on the throne, the Stuarts want it back. Some people support them, some people don't. And in Scottish history, sometimes it has been um, overly simplified by saying, well, the Jacobite cause was, um, it was, they were Highlanders, Catholic, and, and they just go down like these blanket statements, and the more you get into it, the more you see that really there is a lot more going on than, than just, uh, just straight down religious lines or geographical lines even. So um, let's, let's get into, there's one of the nuanced things about this and the things that I, one of the things I thought was so interesting about it and why I wanted to make this episode is because I thought it was so interesting that certain clans didn't found themselves on a different side during one rebellion than they did during another. Now, the 1715 Jacobite Rebellion and the 1745 Jacobite Rebellion, rebellion, rising, depending on what side you're on and how you want to look at this, I probably will end up using both because I'm not on a side at all. I'm just, it's, it's something that happened and I don't have strong feelings about one side or the other, really. Um, I mean, maybe I, maybe I could... But I don't. <laughs> I can see both. Uh, anyway, who cares? Who cares? I'm just. But I'll probably use both side, both words. Um, the this fact that some of these clans found themselves on different sides, I think, is really interesting. And and then you got to ask the next logical question would be why? Why do they switch sides? And then the answer to that why question is where the cool stories are provided. And I'm not going to tell all of the stories. I'll make quick notes. As I go down different clans who switch sides, I'll briefly mention something about that clan. But you know what I was thinking is, wow, this story about why this particular clan switched sides between one and the next would make a good episode on its own. Oh, and I was about to say earlier that the 1715 and 45, they're not the only risings or rebellions that the Jacobites had. There were others that I'm not going to even mention here because it's... I just want to keep it simple. If you want to dive farther into it, there's plenty of content out there that you can 
consume. We're just going to go from the 1715 to the 1745. What are some clans that switch sides? I've chosen 11. It's not an exhaustive list, but it's 11 major clans. And I, and I just maybe a brief note about some of them. I, I don't even have a brief note about all of them. I tried to look up information about all of them and what were the details behind the switch. Um, some, some clans were easier to find source material on than others. Okay? All right. Without any further ado, though, let's talk about the different clans that switch sides and, and maybe a brief note on each and why they did it. The first one I'm going to mention are, are is, the first clan is the McDonald's of Slate. The McDonald's of Slate, and as I go down each one, I'm going to start, tell you what side they started on in the 1715 and where they found themselves in the 1745. The McDonald's of Slate started off as Jacobites, Stuarts. For those of you who are very new to this subject, if they sided with the Stuarts and were trying to get them back on the throne after having been tossed off in favor of the Hanovers, there's more to it than that, and there's some stuff that happened in between, but the Hanovers are now on the throne in 1715, and that's who the Stuarts are trying to get their throne back from. James Stuart is the one who claims to be the rightful king, those who are loyal to him, because James in Latin is Jacobus, but not everybody knows how to pronounce the J in Latin, and so we have Jacobites. That's who follows the Stuarts. That's what they're called. That's how they get that name. The McDonald's of Slate were Jacobites in the 1715 rebellion, but switched by the time the 45 came around, they were fighting for the Hanovers. In fact, the chief was raising independent Highland companies for, to, to join the Hanover government side. Um, why? Just a brief note on this. You did have a different chief on the throne than, uh, during the 45 than the one who was a Jacobite in the 1715. And the chief of the McDonald's of Slate during the 1745 rebellion, the, his, his successor had, had his estates and his titles removed because of his f engagement with the Jacobites. The Hanovers gave them back to his successor, and maybe there's some implication that maybe he felt some sort of loyalty to the Hanovers for giving him his land and titles back. And by the way, for those of you who don't know, the McDonald's of Slate were a branch, a major branch of the McDonald's, who were based out of the Isle of Skye. So if there's something for you to look up there on a map of Scotland, the Isle of Skye, or you can look up a clan map. Um, the An interesting side note about the McDonald's of Slate is that's who now claims the senior to be chief of all of the McDonald's currently. So you have, which is interesting, I did an episode a few, uh, few episodes ago where we broke down. I actually did a YouTube um, video on it where I showed a chart showing how the different branches of the McDonald's were connected to each other. The McDonald's of Slate were a relative recent branch. They were not one of their older branches. The McAllister's were. But the McDonald's of Slate weren't, but now they're um, the senior line. So that's that's kind of interesting. Um, the next clan I want to talk about, so there's just a brief note on the McDonald's of Slate. Next clan, Frasers of Lovett. Um, I talked at length about them recently in another episode, so you can go back. I try to title my episodes very descriptive so you can find them easily by going through and you can see what they're about just by looking at the title. 
And so I did the whole episode on why did the Frasers of Lovett switch sides. They started off Hanover's in the 1715. They ended up Stewart's in the 1745. Um, just to sum up and make that uh, longer story really, really short, it all did, sits on Simon, Lord Lovett, um, Makimi, as he was known in Gallic. That was the Gallic title that the chiefs of the Frasers took. The sons of Simon, similar to the Campbells being known, their chiefs, the chiefs being known as Macallan Moore. They are the Fraser of Lovett chief was known as Makimi, and Simon Fraser was that he faced competition for the headship of the the chiefship of the clan, and he. Uh, there's a long story about how that came about, but those competitors were all Jacobites, and he found it politically expedient to join the Hanover side so that he'd have their backing, he can get his lands and titles back, and he can go ahead and take over the headship of the clan. Um, by the time the 1745 rebellion came around, unlike with the McDonald's of Slate where they had a new chief, he was still the chief, but he was old, unable to get out on the field of combat. So uh, Fraser of Inverality, which is farther east from where the Frasers of Lovett were based, but they're a branch of the Frasers of Lovett, and the representative of that branch was led the troops on the field of Culloden for the Jacobites. And Simon Fraser, the old fox as they called him, his son, the master of Lovett, actually was leading Fraser troops, um, but they were not, they were heading toward the Culloden battlefield when the battle took place, but they weren't there in time, and there is a little bit of a story about how they didn't get there, and, and there's some stuff there. But uh, just know that the chief switched sides because he really was a Jacobite all along. He only joined the Hanover side to so he could have the government on his side in his competition with those who were um, trying to win the chiefship of the clan. Uh, that's a very simplified version of that, but that's all I'm ready to go into it right now. There's a whole episode on it. You can go check that out. Number three, talking about the guns, clan gun. They're from Caithness. By the way, the Frasers of Lovett, for those of you who don't know, are, their, their chief seat was near Inverness, just west of Inverness. The guns were up in Caithness. And they started off neutral. I tried to find the background on that, but I couldn't. But they ended up in 1745 fighting for the Hanoverian side. Once again, if you're, from, if you're connected and have good sources for the clan gun and the backstories on those, Send them my way, thescottishclans at gmail.com. That's, that's the email I'm using for this effort here. Um, I don't, but I don't have much else to say on that. Number four, the Mackenzies. Clan Mackenzie or Clan Chenich or Chenich or whatever, how you say it. I'm not a Gael. I don't know how to say it. I try my best though, okay? Um, they started off Stuart's solid Jacobites but in the 1715, but by the time the 1745 comes around, they are divided, and some are fighting for the Jacobites, and some are fighting for the Hanoverians. Same could be said for the Macintoshes, who are my number five clan. Uh, they same same exact breakdown. Started off in 1745, Stuarts. In the 1745, they are divided. There's a little bit more of a backstory on that, which is interesting. At the time, the the, the rebellion or the rising kicked off in 1745. Uh, ended 1746, just for the record, but at the time it kicked off, the chief of the Macintoshes was leading government troops. He was a, an officer in the British Army, and he kept his post and was loyal to that post. But his wife, who was a Farquharson, 
and the Farquharsons were part of the Clan Hatton. Clan, if you're new to this, I'm going to try to be brief, but the Clan Hatton was a confederation of clans. Some of them were actually descended from common stock, and some of them were just part of this confederation because it suited them. There was adva- advantages to being a part of it. The Farquharsons, if I recall correctly, were actually a branch of Macintoshes. Um, if, if I, like I said, if I recall correctly, but they were part of this, and so, but more distantly related, there is no super close marriage here between the chief of the Macintoshes and his wife. They weren't very closely related, so he's off commanding government troops, and she, as a Farquharson and known uh, as as they're part of the Clan Hatton, she raises the Clan Hatton for the Stuarts. Isn't that crazy? And it doesn't seem to have caused a huge rift in their marriage. <laughs> they, they seem to have been sweethearts afterwards as much as they were before. So that's cool. Good, good marriage story there. I always love to hear good marriage stories. Um, now, I did hear something interesting on our Facebook group. I heard one person say, and I'm sorry if it was you're listening to this, and you're like, hey, that was me. You, you didn't mention my name. I can't remember. I can't remember who which conversation I saw it in, but somebody on the Facebook group, Facebook group's just called Scottish Clans, if you ever want to go check it out. Some awesome discussions on there, awesome posts with re- people on there who really know, and they're really helping us dive into this whole understanding the clans thing. But somebody said, aren't all clans confederations? Any given clan, you'll have the chief, you'll have those members who are actually, no kidding, blood-related to him, even some of them, even if there's um quite distantly related. They do trace their lineages back to some earlier chief several generations ago. Yep, that would be, and, and those actual relations might form the, the core of the clan, but there would be members of the clan who are just as much members of the clan as anybody else, who not only were they not related, but they don't even pretend to be. There have been some that are not related, but they have some mythological made-up genealogy that ties them into the clan because it puts them in a better position to be so, but there would also have been people who are part of the clan, but they were maybe descended from earlier kindreds that were there before that group ever came in. An example of that might be in Badenoch, before the McPhersons and the other members of the original clan Hatton push east from their homeland on the, on, in the west, and Ard Hatton Priory and that, that territory over there. They were a west coast deal, but they push east, Robert looks like Robert the Bruce said, hey, in Badenoch, if you can kick the Cummins out, you can have their land. And they did, but there would have been people already there, and kindreds, developed kindreds, and now they're loyal to the new guys, but they become eventually part of the clan, McPherson. Some of them kept their own names. Some of them adopted the McPherson name. So in that way, it kind of looks like a confederation of kindreds. Interesting. Interesting thought. Just something to chew on. Uh, Before we finish the list here, let's talk for a brief minute about my sponsor, USA Kilts. They are awesome. I've had very good experiences with them, both dealing with the people, and not just Rocky and Eric and the the awesome crew that they have around them. Uh, If you go on their YouTube channel, you can see some of the other members of their crew who are uh, contributing every bit, um, adding their own... Um, welcome additions to that that content that's on their YouTube channel. They're awesome. Um, 
I know Rocky and Eric personally a little bit better. They come to mind better. Their names come to mind better because we did an ep, uh, an interview together. Um, there's more collaboration coming in the future, but Rocky and Eric, they and they just and their crew, they've got an awesome thing going. They've got a good YouTube channel, USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions, and their business, their storefront, USAKilts.com. They're they're doing great. They're they putting out some great products. They take pride in what they do. Their customer service is awesome. So I I wholly recommend them to you if you go over there and check them out. Free shipping in the U.S., which actually most of my listeners are in the U.S. As I look at my Podbean statistics, I do have I do have listeners in other places, and I'm so grateful for them. Um, most the number wise, the most of them are in the U.S. So anyway, I recommend you to them. USA kilts. Okay, now <clears throat> the next clan that I don't have a lot of information on it. They are the McLeods of Harrison Dunvegan. They started off as Stewarts. They switch over to Hanovers. I, I did I did touch on this a little bit of what may have been the story behind that, but I don't know it well enough. There might be some blackmail going on in there. I, I, I just really hesitate to jump in there too far because I don't have a, enough of a command of that content to start telling the story. So just check it out. Why do do some homework of your own? McLeod of Harris and Dunvegan. Why does he switch sides from the Jacobites, he's Jacobites in 1715, switches to Hanover in 1745. The McNabs couldn't find much on them, but they're number seven. They started divided, where you have the, I believe it was the chief that was sitting out, but his men went and joined the Jacobites. Some, some McNabs joined without the chief. So you have, you have different stances within the clan in the 1715, but they are a, they might have, anyway... They, they start divided. They're more Hanover in the 45. I can't vouch that there were no McNabs that had joined the Jacobites in the, in the 45, but the, the center of gravity for the clan was with the Hanovers. Number eight, I actually did find a lot of material on number eight, and that's the McTavish clan. Now, just to be clear, and this has been another awesome conversation to help understand the nature of clans on the Facebook group, but... McTavish is a way in Gaelic of saying McThomas. Another, you could say uh, McComas. I knew when I was in elementary school a Lindsay McComas. Um, she was cute. I don't know where she is today, but um, I, I remember very, uh, very clearly that I just thought that she was so cute when, when I was like in fourth grade. And her name is McComas. And that just always stuck out to me when I started learning about this stuff. I was like, oh, Lindsay McComas had, she was. McThomas, basically. But McTavish is a different way of saying that. And then some people, as they transitioned from a Gaelic-speaking world into an English-speaking world, they went with Thompson. Now, there's a trap there. Don't fall for it. If you have Thompsons in your family, then you know they came from Scotland. Do not assume that they were McTavishes and come from the Argyle clan. Okay? Thompson's a very common name in the surname in Scotland. And if you can trace your ancestry back to the vicinity of where the McTavish clan operated and had their territory then, which was in Argyle, then you're now you're on a little bit better ground by saying, yeah, we were probably McTavishes and you can buy that, those, that tartan with some valid claim to it. And you can buy whatever tartan you want, but if you're doing it because of ancestry, 
you might want to just make sure that your line goes back to that part of Scotland before you start making assumptions and saying, yeah, we were McTavish's or McThomas's, which were in another part of the Highlands farther east, okay? And they were part of Clan Hatton. And if I remember that correctly, they were also a branch of the McIntoshes. But the McTavish's, I found a, a website on them that has a lot of good material and I actually might do a different episode on this because I thought the story was really interesting. I'll just read brief notes. During the, the 1715, they were neutral. I couldn't find a lot on that, but during the 1745, they were Jacobites, and, and they were planning on raising a force for the Stuarts. The chief is Alexander, or Alistair, and his son, Dougal, the master, McTavish. They were in communication with Dougal specifically, the son, was communicating by letter with Sir James Campbell of Auchenbreck, who, despite, I can't remember if the chief of the uh, the Campbells was a duke by this time, but he might have been or an earl still. But Argyle was a Hanover guy. But here you have a major branch of his clan, the Auchenbreck. They were the military branch. They, the chief of the Auchenbreck branch, he was responsible for training and leading Campbell troops when the Campbells committed themselves to a fight. And the chief of that branch is a Jacobite. So kind of swimming upstream within the clan there. And Dougal McTavish was in communication with him about his intention to raise a force from his clan for the Jacobites, for the Stuarts. However, he was doing that communication by letter. Argyle had suspected his kinsman, Auchenbreck, of, and had a spy in his house who intercepted the letter and that kind of put a squash on Dougal's intentions to lead his clansmen in support of Prince Charles. Okay, Prince Bonnie Prince Charlie, Charles Edward Stuart, the, the representative of the Stuart family dynasty trying to get the throne back in Scotland. His dad's back on the continent still. All right, the Roses of Kilrock, they, they actually have an interesting story too. I'm not going to tell the whole thing. They started off firmly Hanover, Hanoverians. In fact, in the... 1715 rebellion, the 15th Laird armed 200 men of his men and kept the peace and actually offered his castle as a refuge for those running from the Jacobites. But the 16th Laird, who is now in the chief during the, of the Roses of Kilrock, it's, it's, it's spelled Kilravok, but it's, it's pronounced, I believe it's pronounced Kilrock. The 16th Laird, the next chief, he was more concerned with country life. I was trying to read up on them a little bit, and he's off hunting and fishing and doing stuff that I can totally sympathize with that he would be out there doing, and he's like, ah, I don't really want to get involved in this craziness. And so that's what he was. He's more involved with living the country life than uh, getting involved in the 45 Rebellion. So uh, he just kind of kept aloof from the whole thing, although he did entertain... <laughs> the heads of both forces, the Duke of Cumberland leading the Hanoverian troops and Bonnie Prince Charlie back-to-back, um, almost within hours of each other at his place. Uh, there's a really interesting story about that. Go check it out for the Roses of Kilrock. Number 10, the Shahs of Tordarach. They, were, they started off firmly Stuarts. In fact, they vigorously supported the Jacobite cause in the 1715 and were noted, according to Collins' Scottish Clan and Family Encyclopedia, noted for their discipline, equipment, and bravery. They were led by Shah of Tordarach's sons, Robert and Angus. And after the 1715 rebellion was smashed and failed, they were both imprisoned. And then in 1718, they were released. Robert died soon afterwards. Angus was transplanted to Virginia. 
1722, he was pardoned. It seems like he had the fight taken out of him and did not lead his clan, uh, but they were divided, some, some of them joining the Stuart cause and some of them joining the Hanoverian, uh, Hanoverian forces. And number 11, the Sinclairs. Sinclairs. I kind of always struggle with that. I'm used to saying Sinclair, Sinclair, Sinclair. Anyway, they, were, they started off Stuarts in the 1715, and they were divided by the end of it. Um, and the more I read up on why that happened, the more I started thinking the Sinclair, Sinclairs were interesting. And you may see an episode coming down the line on them. They had several different branches. I started asking myself questions. So you got the Sinclairs of Roslyn. Then you have those under Lord Sinclair. And then you had the Caithness, the Earl of Caithness, Sinclairs. And then you had them out on Orkney and Shetland and different branches of them. And we don't talk about Orkney and Shetland very often. And my question was, did they act in concert? Or were they like the Frasers, where you had the Frasers of Lovett completely doing their own thing while their lowland kinsmen farther east were just doing their own thing? And they did not act as a single clan. The Frasers of Lovett were like their own, they completely did their own thing. Um, we did it, how was that for the Stuarts? That's what I need to do more um, diving in on that. And if you have connections to the Stuarts and have awesome, or not the Stuarts, the Sinclairs, if you have connections to the Sinclairs and you know some sources I can read, hook me up. Hook me up. Uh, that's almost as valuable, almost as valuable as becoming a patron through scottish-clans.com forward slash team almost as valuable as monetary contributions is source contributions. Just know that either are very appreciated. So there, wrap that up. That's number 11 with the Sinclairs. Started off Stuarts, ended up divided. Some siding with the Hanovers and some siding with the Stuarts as Jacobites. Um, Hey, if you want to continue the conversation, you can go to the Facebook group, Scottish Clans. You can, if you've got questions, things that you want to make just direct communication with me about, you can go to thescottishclans at gmail.com. You can go to my website also, scottish-clans.com. And all sorts of different places you can go, resources I've got listed on there. Um, Yeah, pretty happy with the way that's going. I've got some links to free resources, some PDF downloads you can get. And yeah, that's all i got to say about that. And without making this too long... I'll pick you up next time, and until then, Marsh and Leib and Drastas.